0: Grace to you, and ascension peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, ascending to us according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This morning, once again, I bring you the greetings of your Christian brothers and sisters who are the faculty and staff of our Emmanuel Lutheran College in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The text that we'll consider this morning on this festival of the Ascension of our Lord comes from the Epistle of Paul to the Colossians, chapter 3, beginning with the first verse. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, whose ascension into heaven lifts us as well to great glory, dear fellow redeemed. Perhaps you know what perfect pitch is. It's a very rare ability given to some people to be able to strike a perfect note without reference to any instrument. Right off the top of their head, for instance, they can sing a B-flat or hum an F. A good friend of mine has perfect pitch, and I've always envied him. He can tune his guitar just by turning the pegs and listening to the tone. People with perfect pitch are few and far between. The rest of us have to use pianos and pitch pipes, tuning apps on our phone, and tuning forks. And that's okay, as long as the piano or the tuning fork itself is accurate and in tune. In our text for this morning, the Apostle Paul is giving us kind of a tuning device, It's also a very important tool for our Christian life. What that device is, that benchmark, that essential note for Christian living is the ascension of our Lord Jesus. Today Paul tells us to seek those things which are above where Christ is. So if you feel like perhaps you've been seeking the wrong things in life lately, or if you feel like the tone of your life, a world, and it's perfect for tuning our hearts to the glorious life to come. Ever wonder why Ascension Day is so important? Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus went back up into heaven. Why is that so important, and why does it matter to you and me? Well, there are a lot of reasons, actually. For one thing, it means that Jesus now has and is exercising all authority that he uses for our benefit. The ascension means that he truly is the king of kings, who is using his kingly power for the benefit of his subjects, God's children, you and me, keeping us from danger, fighting against our enemies on our behalf, just like any earthly king does for his earthly subjects. Also, it reminds us that our king is a victorious king, a king who has never been defeated, will be. Way back in the book of Psalms, God predicted through the psalmist David this great ascension glory. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. That promise was fulfilled on the first ascension day. As Paul told the Ephesians, God raised Christ in dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Really, what earthly enemy could make any of us feel afraid? now that our ascended Christ is our king and is protecting and watching over us. But there's another way that ascension benefits us, and that's really the subject of our text for today. Paul says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. The fact that our Lord Jesus ascended to the right hand of his heavenly Father, to the position of authority, that fact draws our eyes upward. It directs our attention to the heavenly things, the important things, rather than allowing us to be distracted by the earthly and unimportant. It gives us a reference point. If you will, Ascension Day gives us our perfect pitch. Why? Well, in the first place, It's perfect for revealing the false notes of this sinful world. You know, that's not always an easy task. Paul admonishes us in Titus, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. If only we all did that. Unfortunately, the things of this world tend to be quite distracting, even for us Christians. Years ago, musicians in London noticed an unusual phenomenon. The errand boys in a certain district of London were all humming out of tune. It puzzled them until someone discovered that the bells of Westminster Cathedral had gone slightly out of tune. Something had gone wrong with the chimes and they were playing a little off-key. Of course, the boys weren't aware of that. They quite unconsciously had copied the false pitch of the bells. Sadly, we also have that tendency to take our pitch from the world in which we live, from things around us. We borrow our thoughts from the books we read and the TV shows we watch, the websites we visit, the social media that we frequent. Our minds are easily led astray. It's easy to lose our pitch and to be distracted by the things that are really not very important and lose sight of the things that really are very important. Scripture tells us that God's word is like a mirror. We look into it and we see ourselves, but as soon as we walk away, we immediately forget what we look like. Well, it's easy to lose your pitch, too. You take your perfect pitch from God's word, but then gradually, with the passage of time, you start to go a little flat. The distraction of worldly things makes makes that pitch go out of tune. The good thing about Ascension Day is that it snaps us right back. Seek those things which are above, Paul says, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Imagine if you had a half hour right now to visit your Lord Jesus in heaven and to discuss with him your schedule for the coming week. Do you think that schedule might change at all? Do you think some of your priorities for this week might be a bit rearranged. I can guarantee you wouldn't miss your prayers. You wouldn't skip devotions with your family or your personal Bible reading. You certainly wouldn't view Sunday worship as something optional, would you? Why not make all those changes right now? Ascension Day strikes the perfect note for us to tune the entire rest of our lives to. We find ourselves torn away by the discordant notes of the world around us, the things that aren't very important. And ascension helps us identify those things. And it helps us to uh, check the things in our lives against the perfect pitch of our Savior's ascension and his word. Paul speaks of the destructive music of unbelievers when he says to the Philippians, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, and whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Well, if you are anything like I am, you probably feel a little bit guilty about this time, a little bit convicted by God's law, and realizing that, yes, my attention has been distracted by the things of this world. I've been paying attention to the things of earth and not as much attention as I should to the things above. If we feel guilty, it's for a good reason. It's because we are guilty. How can we get rid of that guilt? How can we get right with God? How can we refocus our attention... On the important things, the things of heaven, and shut out the distraction, the false notes of the things of this world. And right here is another reason why our Lord's ascension gives us the perfect pitch, because it's perfect for tuning our hearts to the glorious life that is to come. Paul says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. You died? That sounds pretty serious. What do you think that means? Well, actually, there are two correct answers to that question, and both of them are really good news. You died with Christ, and you died to sin. You probably have online bill pay at your house I don't think many people write checks much anymore. We only write checks occasionally for church. Um, Otherwise, we never use checking anymore. We have bill pay. And what is it that enables people to safely and securely transfer money over the internet? It's a thing called encryption, where you have a key and the receiver of your funds has a key, and nobody else can see that message or invade that transfer except people who know the encryption it's interesting that the word paul uses here in this passage comes from the same greek word that means encryption when paul says your life is hidden with christ in god when you became a believer the holy spirit made a connection between you and jesus a faith connection a connection that is hidden or encrypted, meaning that people can't tell from your appearance that you're a believer. It's encrypted. It's hidden. So you shouldn't expect anyone who isn't a believer to understand. By faith, you've been locked to Jesus. Yes, that same Jesus who at this very moment is sitting in all power and glory at the right hand of God. You're locked to Christ, and that means... You're locked into all the benefits of his life, his death, his resurrection, and his glorious ascension. When Jesus died, you died. That means that all your sins, all your failures, all your shortcomings, all your disobedience and rebellion against God's word, all of that was carried by Jesus to the cross of Calvary. And there he atoned for them. There he released you. From them, There at the cross, he set you free from the power of sin to condemn you. In the previous chapter, Paul says that Jesus has wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. We died with Christ. We also died to sin. That means that our life from now on, really can't be about sin anymore. Our life's course is no longer controlled by sin. It can't be. We can't go back and sing that old sinful song of the world because now we're believers. Now we're taking our pitch from the ascended Lord Jesus Christ. And that means we have died to sin. And yes, we certainly do still have our sinful flesh. And it still tempts us every day, trying to give us a wrong pitch, trying to get us to focus our thoughts away from the things of heaven and to focus them on the temporal things of this world, trying to drag us away from serving our Lord. But its ruling power has been superseded in our lives by our triumphant, ascended Savior. Now our lives are hidden, with our ascended Lord Jesus. Paul said to the Romans, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. It goes without saying that a person who's dead can't respond to any kind of Stimulus. A dead person isn't interested in money or power or pleasure. Likewise, Paul encourages you to be dead to sin, to live a life that is tuned into the ascended Christ and tuned out to sin. That your ears be dead to sinful sounds, that your eyes be dead to sinful sights and lusts, that your heart be dead to the pleasures of this present evil world our pleasure is in Christ and we know of course that there are much greater pleasures yet to come and that brings us to the final glorious verse of our text for this morning this is the sweetest note of all the note to which our entire lives can be tuned when Christ who is our life appears then you also will appear with him in glory Our real life, that encrypted life that's hidden with Christ, that's our real life. People can't see it now. When folks see you walking down the street, you just look like any other person. There's nothing on the surface that's impressive or exceptional. And, you know, it was the same way for Jesus, wasn't it? Isaiah said of him, he has no form or comeliness, And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Outward indications said that Jesus was nothing special. But of course that wasn't true about him, and it's not true about you either. You are one of the saints of God, locked into the ascended Christ, who have this glorious difference. The world didn't understand Jesus, and they're not going to understand you either. They are looking down. You are looking up. Their hearts are tuned to the false, sinful ways of this world. Your heart is tuned to the ascended Christ. It's a hidden difference now, but the day is coming when that difference will be plain for all to see. On that day, every knee will bow. Christ will appear to everyone as who he really is, and so will you. The apostle John says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is prospect of entering heaven, of finally, that prospect is so wonderful that it gives rise to another emotion, yearning. The more you read and meditate on the eternal glory of, that Christ has won for you, the more it makes you long for that day to arrive, the more it makes your heart yearn for heaven. It may seem strange to talk about Christmas at the end of May, but I can't help thinking about that wonderful Christian carol that we often sing which says oh where shall joy be found where but on heavenly ground where the angels singing with all his saints unite sweetest praises bringing in heavenly joy and light oh that we were there oh that we were there well we're not there yet we're not singing with the angels yet but we will be We can start getting tuned up for it right now by rejecting the false notes of this present evil world and by tuning our hearts through God's word to the glorious world to come. And one thing we know for certain, Ascension Day will give us our perfect pitch. Amen. Please rise.